me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm from there you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures they've got live comedy to small business advice lgbtq friendly to sports vinyl to gutter punk mutiny radio.fm has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer you I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. This land is your land, this land is my life, from California to the New York Islands, todo para todos, nada para nosotros, this land was made for you and Bullet from the back of the bush 
took him Edgar Everest's blood Set the spark, two eyes took the aim behind a man's brain, but he can't be blamed, he's only a pawn in their game. A South politician, Morning, everybody, preaches to the listening poor to Labor and man. Love Radio. Located at you got more than the blacks don't complain. You're better than Bobby them. Roberts. You've been born with white skin, he explained. The Negro's name is used, it is plain for the politician's game as he rises to fame. And the poor white remains on the caboose of the train. But it ain't him to blame. He's only a pawn in their game. The deputy sheriffs, the soldiers, the governors get paid. And the marshals and the cops get the same. a tool He's taught in his school From the start by the rule That the laws are with him To protect his white skin To keep up his hate So he never thinks straight About the shape that he's in But it ain't him to blame He's only a pawn From the poverty shacks, he looks from the cracks to the tracks. And the hoofbeats pound in his brain. He's taught how to walk in a pack, shoot in the back with his fist in a clench, to hang and to lynch. To hide neath the hood To kill with no pain Like a dog on a chain He ain't got no name But it ain't him to blame He's only a pawn In their game Today Medgar Evers Was buried from the bullet he caught He'll see by his grave On the stone that remains Carved next to his name His epitaph plain Only a pawn in their game
Nations are quaking Why sing of stars above? For while we are waiting Father time's creating new things to be singing of Sing me a song with social significance All other tunes are taboo I want a ditty with heat in it Appealing with feeling and meeting it Sing me a song with social significance Or you can sing till you're blue Let meaning shine from every line Or I won't love you Sing me of wars and sing me of breadlines Tell me of front page news Sing me of strikes and last minute headlines social significance there's nothing else that will do it must get hot with what is what or I won't love you I want a song that's satirical putting the mirror into miracle Or I won't love you Sing me of kings and conferences marshal Tell me of mills and mines Sing me of courts that aren't impartial What's to be done with them? Tell me in rhythm Sing me a song with social significance There's nothing else that will do It must be tense Good morning to you. This is The Bee. The show's Labor and Love. The station is Mutiny Radio. Let's see if we can figure that out in Gary Snyder type. If the station, if the show is Labor and Love, then the station is Mutiny. If the station is, anyway, on and on. That was, uh, we started out with we had just now had social significance, songs with social significance, which is the type of music we play on this show, by and large. It is labor and love after all, so every once in a while we sneak in a love song. Before that was uh, Robbie Robinson with uh, Dylan's A Pawn in Their Game, referring to... The type of people who go to Trump rallies, I suppose. People who are being used by politicians and higher-ups to uh, do their dirty work for them. And uh, we started out with La Cafeteras with their version of Woody Guthrie's song, This Land is Your Land. This Land is Your Land. And they did their own... uh, version of it, of course, made the song their own. 
as the cafeteras do. Let's see what we're going to talk about here today on the Labor and Love Show. Um, played our song there. Labor Commissioner's Office cites Jack in the Box, franchise owner, more than $900,000 for misclassification. Uh, classification is a strategy by, by where uh, bosses will make you a supervisor, even though you don't supervise anything, just so they don't have to pay uh, benefits or pay you well. There's a right-to-work law campaign in Missouri that's being uh, confronted by organized labor. A worker dies in Washington. What kind of worker? A farm worker. Hey, wait a minute. thought that was all taken care of by Cesar and Dolores Huerta. Nope. The beat goes on. Braceros and... Farm workers are still struggling in many places. And child miners living in a hell on earth, so you can drive an electric car. The ultimate indictment of capitalism is child labor. Where did right to work come from? Who invented it? Uh, who started using it as a political tool? And uh, who would know better than a cornerback, an all-pro cornerback, who a good, a good quarterback is? Well, Richard, Richard Sherman knows. Let's start out with Richard Sherman. And it's on Deadspin. And it says, Richard Sherman runs through the list of NFL quarterbacks who are worse than Colin Kaepernick. Okay, I understand that the the problem, quote unquote, here, not really a problem, but it is a problem for some people. That Colin Kaepernick, 49ers quarterback, who's not been playing very well, uh, at first was very good, but the 49ers sort of fell apart as a team on every level. Anyway, Kaepernick stood up when stood up and said he wouldn't he wouldn't stand up and respect the American flag during the pregame ceremonies. Before every game, you have to salute the flag and, and the national anthem is played. So Colin said he would kneel the out of to make a statement about injustice in the United States, especially between white cops and, and black young men. Let's see what he says. For you to have to check with sponsors and fans because this guy took a knee and made a statement, playing than he who have uh, who 
have teams, who have work, who have a job. One team said that they wouldn't sign him because he's a starter. In other words, saying that the reason they haven't hired him is because they would want him to play all the time. Anyway, here's what Sherman said. For you to say you have to check with sponsors and fans because this guy took a knee and made a statement? Sherman said. Now, if you told me this guy threw eight pick sixes last year and played like a bum, had no talent, that's one thing. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Mallett, whoever's playing for the Jets right now, whoever is starting for the Jets is terrible. They have jobs. You're telling me fans would rather you lose and put a worse player out there because a guy took a stand? That's why it's so troublesome to me. Sherman cited a few examples, including the Jack Jacksonville Jaguars' Blake Bortles and the LA Rams' Jared Goff as starters that don't measure up to Kaepernick. Blake Bortles has shown you enough to where you don't think Cap would be a solid fit? Sherman said. Cap has won games. Cap has won games. He's got a point. Now, this young man is unable to find work because he made a political statement. Not, not necessarily disrespectful, but it was a political statement. For some people, any kind of statement is disrespectful. stories of John Wayne at the Academy Awards wanting to rush out and throttle the young Indian woman who was making Marlon Brando's statement at the Academy Awards. Um, John Wayne was so upset. Anyway, so Kaepernick goes without work. There are people who have Suggested a boycott by fans until he's given a chance to uh, work. I don't know. The beat goes on. I want to play uh, some George Carlin now. Okay, give me a second. Set it up. at least one thing in common, which is that all of us deal with language all the time. I thought it might be nice today for me to come to you with some of my language complaints. Certainly not to blame them on you, although of course you are implicated. <laughs> and not that you can help it. I mean, the problem is really with the people you cover. The politicians, the celebrities, and the lawyers. And although their level of insincerity is astonishing, it's still kind of fun to hear them talk. 
In particular, it's fun to listen to Washington talk. Whenever the issue of term limits comes up, I always tell people the only term limits I'm interested in would be to limit some of the terms used by politicians. They speak, of course, with great caution because they must take care not to actually say anything. Proof of this, according to their own words, is that they don't actually say things, they indicate them. As I indicated yesterday, and as the president indicated to me, but sometimes they don't indicate, they suggest. Let me suggest that as I indicated yesterday, I haven't determined that yet. See, they don't decide, they determine. If it's a really serious matter, they make a judgment. I haven't made a judgment on that yet. When the hearings are concluded, I will make a judgment, or I might make an assessment. I'm not sure. I haven't determined that yet. But when I do, I will advise you. They don't tell, they advise. I advised him that I had made a judgment. Thus far, he hasn't responded. They don't answer, they respond. He hasn't responded to my initiative. An initiative is an idea that isn't going anywhere. When he responds to my initiative, I will review his response, take a position, and make a recommendation. See, they don't read, they review, they don't have opinions, they take positions, and they don't give advice, they make recommendations. And so, at long last, after each has responded to the other's initiatives, and each has reviewed the other's responses, and everyone has taken a position, made a judgment, and offered a recommendation, now they have to do something. But that would be much too direct. So instead, they address the problem. We're addressing the problem and we'll soon be proceeding. That's a big activity here in Washington. Proceeding, they're always proceeding or moving forward. A lot of that goes on. Senator, have you solved that problem? Well, we're moving forward on that. And when they're not moving forward, they're moving something else forward, such as the process. We have to move the process forward so we can implement the provisions of the initiative in order to meet these challenges. No one has problems anymore. Challenges. That's why we need people who can make the tough decisions. Tough decisions like how much soft money can I expect to collect in exchange for my core values? <laughs> so that... so that I can continue my work in government. Of course, no politician would admit to such a lowly station as working in government, serving the nation. I'm serving the nation. Another favorite distortion is public service. I'm in public service. I like America, don't you? The food is great, but the public service is terrible. Now, folks, a question for you. Do you think it's possible that one of these politicians, whose judgment is so poor that he honestly thinks of himself as serving the nation, might occasionally be expected to indulge in a little patriotism? Huh? What do you think? Well, of course, not only is it possible, it's inevitable, and that's when he's at his very best. That's when he trots out the really good stuff all across this great land of ours, the greatest nation on earth, the greatest nation in the history of the world. And in times of military crisis, you can be sure that someone in a suit in this town will eventually plant himself in front of a camera and carry on a great deal about the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. Now, normally, during peacetime, the politicians will refer to people in the military as our young men and women stationed around the world. 
But in wartime, they quickly become our brave young fighting men and women stationed halfway around the world in places whose names they can't pronounce, wondering if they'll ever see their loved ones again. <laughs> for added emotional impact, sons and daughters can always be substituted for men and women. And so I think we can sum this up by saying that where the military is concerned, the extent of a politician's insincerity can be measured by how far around the world our, station, our soldiers are stationed and whether or not any of them can pronounce it. Incidentally, another way of expressing this sentiment is to say we're sending our young men and women to places the average American can't find on a map. I've always thought it was kind of funny and somewhat out of character for a politician to go out of his way to point out the low level of American intelligence <laughs> when indeed his very job depends upon it. It would seem to fly in the face of that other rhetorical standby of theirs, the American people are a lot smarter than they're given credit for. This is said with a straight face, although it is obvious, of course, that the proposition is being stated precisely backwards. But, but the politicians, God bless them, or something like that, they're at their most entertaining when they're in trouble. When they're in trouble, their explanations usually begin simply with words like miscommunication. What did you do wrong, Senator? Well, it was a miscommunication. Or I was quoted out of context. Better yet, and more ironic, they twisted my words. Such a nice touch. A person who routinely spends his days torturing the language complains, they twisted my words. Then, as the controversy continues to heat up, he moves to his next level of complaint. The whole thing has been blown out of proportion. The whole, it's always the whole thing. Apparently, no one has ever claimed that only a small portion of something was blown out of proportion. Has to be the whole thing. That's because now he's feeling the heat. And so, as time passes and more evidence comes in, he suddenly changes directions and tells us we're trying to get to the bottom of this. Now he's on the side of law and order. Jiu-jitsu, really. We're, we're trying to get to the bottom of this so we can get the facts out to the American people. That's always a nice touch, American people. In fact, at this point, he might even say, I'm willing to trust in the fairness of the American people. Clearly, he's preparing us for something. <laughs> And so, when finally all the facts come out and our subject seems quite guilty, he employs that sublime use of the passive voice, mistakes were made. Mistakes were made, don't look at me, probably someone in my office. Things are moving faster now. Mistakes were made is rapidly overtaken by there is no evidence. No one has proven anything. Eventually, I will be exonerated. I have faith in the American judicial system and that certain sign that things are closing in Whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty? Whatever happened? Well, nah, yeah. Well, he's about to find out. And we know this must be true because the next thing we hear from him is, I just want to put this thing behind me and get on with my life. I just want to put this behind me. That's an expression we hear a lot these days in all walks of life. From people in all walks of life, usually the person in question has committed some unspeakable act. Yes, it's true, I strangled my wife, shot the triplets, set fire to the house, and sold my young son to an old man on the train. But now I just want to put this thing behind me. Get on with me. That's, that's the problem in this country. Too many people getting on with their lives. 
I think what we really need more of is ritual suicide. You know? Never mind the press conferences. Get the big knife out of the drawer. Personally, what I want to do is to put this, I want to put this thing behind me and get on with my life, thing behind me and get on with my life. I'll repeat that for you. Personally, I want to put, I want to put this, I want to put this thing behind me and get on with my life, thing behind me and get on. with my life and just to round out this section let's hope there's a special place in hell reserved for those who have recently decided to take responsibility for their actions that's the big thing now taking responsibility for your actions like it's a recent discovery you know he's taking responsibility for his actions well isn't that wonderful ask him if he's willing to take responsibility for my actions along with my alimony my car payments and my gambling debts Okay, uh, George Carlin. If you heard somebody laughing over the, you know, that one, that was me. I think that that is hilarious. I think uh, George Carlin is channeling our uh, president. President's rattling his saber, rattling his nuclear saber. Someone who appears appears to be. Every bit of obsessed with his own power, Kim Il Jung. Who knows, though? What are we being told? Uh, on the surface, he doesn't look like a very progressive type. Uh, anyway, this is how we feel about it, President Trump. Making a kind of variety of the program, it requires a lot of different facts of life that we must know about. If you can't make peace, none of it makes sense. And when you think about the various nations of the earth, the various religions of the earth, various nationalities and various people all over the world we have been able to make anything that we want to make and do anything we want to do have created miracles but it don't make sense when we can't make peace you made everything else wise men great men from every nation in the world all the countries in the world have all kinds of conventions and festivals spend all the money suppose you had to spend half as much money on trying to make peace as you have been making war we wouldn't have to worry about nothing but it don't make sense. It don't make sense. It don't make sense. When you can't make peace. 
the plan with the man's eye. You even made submarine stay submerged for weeks.
you make a blood transfusion that can save a life. You even change the darkness into daylight. some energy in the form of food and greeting the owner as I entered the store I didn't realize what I was in for 
test tube food. <laughs> As I walked down the aisle from the shelves, the packages all tried to sell themselves. I'm ten cents off. Buy me, you. I got pink and purple hues. Howard Hughes. Test tube blues. You'll like me, honey, said some salad oil. The figure of my bottle will never spoil. And on my back, there's an offer label for a CD player for your kitchen table. Sorry, sister. You look a little bit too oil slicky for me. This food's fun, it'll get your girls, and the coupon gets your flag that unfurls to the beat of the Spangled Banner song. You better try it now, the offer won't last long. Homeland Security food, you eat it, and it does surveillance inside you the rest of your life. I found out where the produce were and I bebopped on over there. I said they chemical rated this food with bombs like the plants and the people in Vietnam. Agent Oranges. I held a tomato in my hand. It was red but hard, you understand. Tomato, I said, this ain't your natural beauty. You're a drugged up money making cutie. Just a pretty face. The folks at Griot love only wealth, they don't give a damn about our health. Shut up and package without love. Tomato, you weren't grown up, you were shoved. Your upbringing's gonna bring me down. Still standing in the produce section of a supermarket, surrounded by people uh, speaking to a tomato. By eating you, I'm gonna bum trip, kid. You done more drugs than I ever did. We're victims of a capitalistic raid, and the folks that picked you were underpaid. Viva Cesar Chavez! Cash register ring awakened me and it brought me out of my fantasy. And I went and I spoke to the counter cat and I told him just where I was at. Here and now. Wow. Wow. I said, Lord knows I got a rumbling gut and my stomach thinks my throat's been cut. But I ain't about to have my insides glued by this poison I call test tube food. You eat it. Wrong. Wrong. Ra ra ra. Yeah, there's plenty of things here you want me to swallow, but my body and soul would still be hollow. Besides, I sing off-key madrigals if I ate a food with 17 syllables. Easier to swallow a scrabble board. Methyl oxide, potassium methyl, was that their regular ethyl? There's Panama red and there's methyl red, and one will leave you tired and the other one dead, take your pick.
Now through corporate proclivities, some food has radioactivity. Glowing proof that yours can be a radiant nuclear family. You don't even have to cook it either. You just open the can on the counter and it has a meltdown. So I went to a place where the food was fast serving clone cows raised on pasture land rainforest once. I think I'd rather have some slow food for lunch. But not a corporate burger, it could have come from a septic company merger and it ain't no fun to eat what's in between those buns. Now I ain't quite ready to live just on the rays of the sun like I know some Indian yogis have done. But you are what you eat and how strange you see to go by the name of MSG. Okay, that set uh, ended with uh, Brother Charlie Morgan's Test Tube Blues, talking about what's in our food and what isn't. Before that, we had the Labor Chorus with their madrigal, I guess that's the style of singing, Oil for the World, to the tune of uh, Joy to the World. There's this Oil to the World. And uh, Willie Dixon, you can't make peace. What can I say? President Trump's going around rattling the sword. He's uh, figured out that that's one way he can relate to his base. They keep saying his base. Here's the fruit of labor.
talking about them crazy bald heads gonna run them crazy bald heads out of town bald heads you know who you are uh, fruit of labor a group from uh, north carolina a cultural slash musical group from north carolina sang the one before that we ain't ready we ain't ready for war and we had, uh, yeah, Bob Marley. Play one more while we're at it.
the road to ruin his path with patriarchy. So let the way of women guide democracy and from plunder and pollution and mother earth be free. Feminism ain't about women, but that's not who it is for. It's about shifting consciousness that we're bringing into war. So listen up. Franco's version of a, a classic labor song by Florence Reese, which we reviewed on this show last week, Which Side Are You On? Written during a labor struggle in Harlan County where people came into Florence Reese's house and company goons came into her house and turned it upside down searching for something just aroused her and hurt her life. Uh, and so she sat down and wrote this song, Which Side Are You On? And as we say on this show, you've got to stand up. If you don't stand up, they'll count you as standing up for sitting down. And it's the Labor and Love show you're listening to, where we tell you how it is If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. We're talking about investments now. Big movement to divest from uh, fossil fuel investments and divest from companies or entities that invest in the state of Israel. This is the B, and you're listening to Labor and Love, and Labor and Love says, if one person get a dollar, got a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. Labor and Love says, if you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table, that is, you're probably on the menu. Labor and Love says, never. But never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Welcome, we're coming at you from uh, Mutiny Radio at 2781 21st Street. And our background today is provided by Arlene Miles Davis. Greatest hits. 
I guess it is. All right, now it's time to look at what's going on in the labor movement. I have to be honest, we suffered a bad defeat. A bad defeat at the Nissan plant in Mississippi. But we can, there is a way we can show our support for those who wanted to unionize. And we can show our support by boycotting Nissan, boycotting Nissan cars. More on that later. Let's listen to the Win Weekend Review. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. The Wisconsin State AFL-CIO is raising concerns about Republican Governor Scott Walker's recently struck deal with Foxconn Technology Group. Joanne Powers reports. The plan, which promises thousands of jobs, would pay $3 billion to the $135 billion technology giant. As part of the proposed deal, legislators must pass a bill exempting Foxconn and its contractors from numerous environmental regulations and giving them lower utility rates. Wisconsin AFL-CIO President Phil Neuenfeld notes that it's not even clear how many jobs this $3 billion investment will create. At the initial press release, they were talking about 13000 then it was up to 13000 now they're talking about 3000 so we don't even know for sure how many jobs they're looking at really creating. I think you've got to do a little better in terms of giving us some expectation as to what the real number of jobs are going to be and what sort of jobs are going to be and what they'll pay. The AFL-CIO is calling for legal assurances of good defense family-supporting wages, proper health care, and workplace safety. Neuenfeld especially wants to be sure that these jobs will go to Wisconsin workers. Communication Workers of America President Chris Shelton is sounding a workers' call to arms to go to war to save the labor movement. We are at war. A war to save the labor movement. In a war, there are no neutrals. To paraphrase the old union song, in times like these, every working person must decide which side you are on. Are you willing to go to war to save the labor movement? Shelton says labor's history has shown that workers will always rise up again after being attacked, and he urged every worker to get in the battle now for democracy and for workers' rights. The labor movement will not survive if it forgets how to fight. 20,000 dock workers at 29 ports on the West Coast have voted to extend their contract with the Pacific Maritime Association through July of 2022. Two-thirds of their members voted in favor of the contract extension. International Longshore and Warehouse Union spokesperson Craig Merrilies. Unlike many workers that are looking at takeaways and concession demands, the contract extension will raise wages, maintain excellent health benefits, and also increase pensions during the three-year period that the contract is being extended. Voters in Kansas City, Missouri Tuesday voted overwhelmingly to hike the city's minimum wage to well above the state minimum wage, despite a new state law aimed at preventing municipalities from doing just that. The minimum wage in the city goes to $10 an hour and to $15 an hour by 2022. Dr. Vernon Howard is president of the Greater Kansas City Southern Christian Leadership Conference and chair of KC for 15. Everyday workers have not received a fair shake over the course of the last half century, and it is time for people of goodwill to stand up, organize, mobilize, and do something about it. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Workers Independent News. Let's talk now about the election in 
Mississippi, UAW, is trying to unionize a Nissan factory in Mississippi. So here's the analysis of In These Times. The UAW has staggered from one defeat to the next for many years. Three years ago, the union got a punch in the gut when it was defeated in a recognition vote at VW in Tennessee. Friday's defeat at Nissan was nothing less than a knockout punch, ending for the foreseeable future any efforts by the UAW to organize the large, predominantly foreign-owned auto assembly plants in the South. News of the defeat trickled in Friday night through friends who were present at the vote in Kenton, Mississippi. More than 60% of the approximately 3,500 eligible workers voted against the union. Most of us hope to wake up on Saturday morning to better news, but Nissan, one of the world's top automakers, beat the UAW hands down. It wasn't even close. The warning signs for losing the Nissan vote were there for all of us to see. Three years ago in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the UAW lost the vote even though VW was encouraging its workers to vote for the UAW. Tennessee's aggressive Republican political establishment that intervened. <clears throat> anyway, read the article. One, one factor was certainly that people are making at, at the plant are making more money than anyone else in the area. Um, so that's one thing, and they do have a, an active pension plan. Could another organizing strategy have won? A former UAW organizer told me, my personal opinion is that the election route is a flawed strategy. An election is the boss's game and a large number of the workers were excluded from the process because they were considered temps. There was never any Consideration paid to possibly looking for weak links in the supply chain, organizing there, striking for recognition and trying to leverage Nissan that way. Nissan is really vulnerable to that kind of thing because they rely on just-in-time suppliers. And workers at the suppliers are poorly paid and treated worse than the permanent original equipment manufacturer or OEM workers. Not organizing get temps was dumb too. Sure, they can't really participate in the election, but they are important in the production process. Tend to be treated and paid a lot worse, and they can shut down a liar department if they are organized. UAW strategy never considered organizing for strikes, which is sad. 
the UAW has become a prison of its modern history. Anyway, check the article out. It's in the In These Times website. Making sense of UAW's devastating loss. Okay, now we heard about the uh, raise in the prices, the uh, minimum wage in Kansas City. This is another Missouri story. <clears throat> and this is on uh, St. Louis Post Dispatch Political Fix. And the Star, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Kansas City Star. Two nonprofits have donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to political action committees working to protect a Missouri right-to-work law that takes effect this month. The Kansas City Star first reported American Democracy Alliance contributed $350,000 to a PAC called Liberty Alliance and $150,000 to another PAC called Missourians for Worker Freedom. Republican government Governor Eric Grayton's nonprofit called A New Missouri donated $100,000. A New Missouri Inc. last month gave $250,000. Nonprofits aren't required to disclose their donors. The contributions seek to stave off a union back effort to put the right to work law great and sign on the 2018 ballot. So the point here is that big, big corporations and in, um, foundations are putting a lot of money into defeating this this law, putting it on the ballot. At issue is a dispute over the wording of the ballot question in which the Missouri Court of Appeals Western District overruled a lower court decision tossing out the language. Missouri FLCIO, which is circulating petitions put a referendum on the ballot has until August 28th to submit the required number of signatures. Okay, so 2018, they want to put that on the ballot. Okay, Labor and Love Radio. Labor Commissioner's Office cites Jack in the Box franchise owner more than $900,000 for misclassification. And Labor and Love Radio said, this is how great fortunes are made by cheating workers. PR Newswire, CISION website. The California Labor Commissioner's Office cited a jack-in-the-box franchise operator $903,084 for misclassifying 40 managers 
exempt and denying them overtime pay. NorCal Venture Group Incorporated, which owns 26 jack-in-the-box franchises in California, most of which are in the greater Sacramento area. The complaint said that 40 employees were misclassified as exempt. As managers, they were required to work a minimum 45 hours a week with no overtime, regardless of how many hours they worked. For these employees, being classified as managers resulted in being paid less than the minimum wage, said Labor Commissioner Julie A. Sue. That's not an acceptable way of doing business in California, and our office will continue to enforce labor laws that uphold that wage floor. So wage theft here. Labor and Love says this is how great fortunes are made by ripping off workers. Labor and love here. It's uh, already 11.20, time's going by fast. Let's play a, I'm gonna play a special set now. Um, this set goes out to my Betty Earl, who's up there in Sacramento. Let's see this for a minute. Okay, Miles Davis there is our in the middle music. This one goes out to you, Earl.
Yes, you do, Earl. Yes, you do, friends of the neighbor. You got a friend, right here.
That last set was dedicated to BFF Earl Coleman up in uh, Sacramento. We had uh, Natalie Cole singing Hold On, followed by Dion Warwick, You Got a Friend. We had Bloodstone with Long Way Back. And there's one more here that I want to play. This is a request. See if this is the one. When you're feeling kind of lonesome in your mind With a heartache falling you so close behind Call out to me as I ramble by I'll sing a song for you That's what I'm here to do to sing for you When the night has left you cold and feeling sad I will show you that it cannot be so bad Forget the one who went and made you cry I'll sing a song for you that's what I'm here to do, to sing for you. When you feel you just can't make it anymore, with your head bowed down, you're staring at the floor. Search out to me with your weary eyes I'll sing a song for you That's what I'm here to do To sing for you Now every man he has his work you know and to find out mine, you ain't got far to go Call out to me with your weary eyes I'll sing a song for you That's what I'm here to do To sing for you To sing for you Song that was a that's a particular favorite of Earl's and when uh, sung by my brother. Hopefully that's the right one. Labor and Love Radio here, bring you labor news, labor opinion, music of social significance and uh, love. Hundred and fifty years ago, Chinese railroad workers 
staged the era's largest labor strike. On June 25th, let's see, was it? So what happened is Asian workers, mostly Chinese, were working on the Central Pacific Railroad. And uh, they were working under slave-like conditions because the contractors, the big four, quote-unquote, were getting paid for every mile of track that was laid, even in even in uh, the winter. So they had these people working The Chinese railroad workers were grading and digging tunnels across a stretch of the Sierras when they decided to lay down their tools. It was the end of June 1867, and snow still covered the mountaintops. The men, many of them from Canton in southern China, had demands. They wanted pay equal to white, shorter workdays, and better conditions for building the, na- the country's first transcontinental railroad. They put their demands to their employer and a strike was on. The project, the railroad going through the mountains, was the largest engineering project in the country at that time. And this work stoppage was the largest labor action in the country at that time, says Hilton Obenzinger. Associate Professor at Stanford University. While the railroad made no concessions, Obenzinger said the action helped counter the image that the Chinese were docile and wouldn't fight for their rights. Everybody knows Chinese worked on the railroad, but there's a paragraph in every textbook. That's about all they know. And that's what we're trying to correct. Chinese Workers Project Introduction Video. Let's see what this looks like. vital element in the history of the United States and made enormous contributions to the growth of the nation, to the creation of the basic infrastructure of the country, and that their labor and then their following, their descendants, have been an integral and an important part of American life ever since. This chapter of the past is a really important reminder of the ways in which China and the U.S. have been intertwined for over 150 years. Right now, especially when a lot of goods are being created with work on both sides of the Pacific and migrant labor is a factor in shaping the products that we use both in China and the U.S., understanding how this first massive force of migrant laborers shaped both of our countries and how they were treated and how they responded to their working conditions holds lessons which are relevant to us today. The call for the ending of Chinese presence in America 
uh, grows louder. There is labor competition, there is racial prejudice that rises as a result, ironically, after the completion of the rail line itself. And this crests in the late 1870s, early 1880s, with the passage in 1882 of the Chinese Restriction Act. The digital archive, the books, the journal issues, the conference, all of these products, if you will, of our project are really designed to spark further research, further interest, teaching, further awareness of the significance of this chapter of the past and, and further efforts to recover it. The story is fascinating. It's part of American history, it's part of Chinese history, and it's part of a global history that played such an important role in shaping our modern world. Okay. There's a group that's talking about the history of Chinese workers in America and the strike that they staged in 1867. The outcome of the strike, what happened was uh, Charles Crocker, one of the big four who was managing the construction, uh, wouldn't let food, wouldn't let food enter into the Chinese camp. He starved them out. This is how uh, People, people respond to immunization. The reason we'll get it is because they don't want us to have it. Well, uh, about time for us to head out. This is the Labor and Love Show, and it certainly went by quickly today. Remember, uh, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. That's what an investment is. Remember, please, that if you're not on the, at the negotiating table, you don't have a seat there at your job, you're probably on the menu. Remember, please, never but never... Let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. This is the B signing off and uh, wishing you a good week and good work. Internacional.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event. Now trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Want to spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee-slapping, side-splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead. Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family. Did I mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th Annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free! (laughs) 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. together in the dark. It's the right thing to do. And viewers like you. When the circus is in town, it's time for a train ride. The best circus town train rides are the dependable ones that'll depart and arrive on time. The ones that'll take you from clown to trapeze squad to elephant, see? Look on the train the circus promise. It's in... Black, black, plastic people. Oh, 
radio Listening to gospel music on the Pollard Radio Station And the preacher said You know you always have the Lord by 